When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Live Free Creative, the podcast that provides inspiration and ideas for living a creative, adventurous, and intentional lifestyle. I'm your host, Miranda Anderson, and I hope that each time you listen, you feel a little bit more free to live your life exactly the way you want to live it. Hello, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Miranda Anderson. You're listening to episode 133 of the Live Free Creative Podcast. This episode is called Make It Happen. And you better believe that I have spent the last few minutes jamming out in my office to Mariah Carey's Make It Happen, (laughs) classic 90s hit. I tried to figure out how to import the audio so I could play a clip of it for you, and it was a little too complicated. I'm not gonna make that happen exactly at this moment, but I do recommend that you head over to YouTube or Spotify or something and just give yourself a little little refresher on that fantastic bit of music. Today we're talking about making it happen, making stuff happen in your life, those things that you have ideas about or that you want to do big and small and seemingly insignificant and also sometimes life-changing, things that you want to make happen. This is an area that I feel like I've had a lot of experience in. I, as a personality, tend to be a person that likes to make stuff happen. And I get questions quite frequently about how. How do you make stuff happen? How do you bring your ideas to life? How do you, you know, how do you find the time? How do you make the time? How do you prioritize? And so today I want to share my own dissection of the process that I have used to make it happen in my life. I by no means make everything happen that I want to. There's a lot of things that I leave on the table. There's a lot of things still in progress. There's a lot of things that I kind of stall out on and either don't follow through with or decide that I don't want to do. And there are a healthy number of things that I like to dig in and make happen. And I'm going to share how. My, my simple six-step process <laughs> to making it happen in your life. Before I get into the episode and those steps, I want to share a little odd job. This is really fun today because my odd job today is my new job. Friends, I got a job. I actually dug up a bunch of information and like looked up dates of my employment history and put together a resume. I sent a resume (laughs) along with an application into this job. It was all very official. I actually had the thought, wow, this is very official, like sending an application and a resume. There's these steps involved that I haven't had to do for a long time because I've been self-employed for so long. I was thrilled to be offered a position as a COVID vaccination nurse. I'll be working in store doing vaccination clinics a few days a week in a CVS pharmacy in the Richmond area. And I am thrilled for months since the pandemic 
was in full swing and I heard about all the different opportunities for healthcare workers to be involved, I wondered, is there something that I could do? I don't have a whole lot of clinical experience in my back pocket as a hands-on nurse. I worked for many years as an RN, but I did it in an office setting as a diabetes educator. And then later in a home health setting, I did injection trainings for a pharmaceutical company. So actually working in a hospital is not something that I ever have really wanted to do or that I felt comfortable with. However, giving vaccinations in a walk-in clinic is something that is well within my wheelhouse of skills and understanding and knowledge. And there's also such a huge need right now trying to roll out this vaccine to administer it to as many people as possible as quickly as possible so we can resume some sense of normalcy in our lives. So I'm thrilled to be a part of it. The job itself is exactly what it sounds like. COVID vaccination nurse. I will be in the pharmacy, sitting down with a patient, administering a vaccine. They move on for monitoring for a few minutes, and then the next patient comes in, shots in arms, all day long, a few days a week, just moving things along. That's the hope. And I know that there are hundreds and probably thousands upon thousands of nurses that are coming out of the woodwork, dusting off their licenses, maybe taking a second job to aid in this effort to just distribute as many vaccines as possible, as quickly as possible over the next six or so months. I can say that if a year ago someone had told me, oh, next year you will buy a pair of scrubs and go in to administer shots, I would have thought you were crazy. This was so off my radar that it's it's a little bit funny. And definitely, I know in years to come, I'll look back and think of this as such an odd job. It also just feels like the right thing for me right now. I'm super excited about it. I look forward to going into work and putting on those scrubs. <laughs> I have always, as just a side note, this is so funny, but I finished nursing school and I told Dave the next day, I really don't know if I want to be a nurse. I don't really like clinical nursing and I hate wearing scrubs. And he looked at me like I was crazy. Why did I do nursing school if I didn't really want to be a nurse? Well, of course, there's pieces of it that I loved. And the jobs that I had as an RN in the past were perfect for me. I loved them, the education piece and digging into some more health-related understanding. And this feels like a really good fit for right now. I'm thrilled to be a part of the moving the pandemic along and getting people immunized and restoring our communities to a little bit more safe environment. And I also really have already relished having some time that I'm not responsible for anyone but myself. It's been a while since I had that kind of a mental break and it it feels really like a good fit. So I'm thrilled to share about my odd job with you today. And that's kind of it. So let's jump into the episode. Okay, so you have an idea. And this idea comes into your head and you think, gosh, I kind of want to do that. Or I kind of want to make that happen. And then what do you do next? Do you do a little research? Do you write it down? Do you think more about it? Do you tell a friend? In today's episode, I want to share with you what I do when I have an idea that I decide I want to make happen. I want to take it from the idea stage where it exists sort of as as air in my mind or, or colors and shapes and words and sentences and thoughts and, and you know, all up in my head and how I turn that into something that is real, something in reality. I want to start by sharing that not all ideas need to be something you act on. <laughs> I think hopefully you know this. 
I notice though, when I'm talking to my coaching clients, I do one-on-one creative coaching, creative mentorships with people who have lots of ideas. A lot of my creative coaching clients are idea people. They're entrepreneurs. They have lots of good ideas. And one of the challenges is making the decision, choosing what idea is something that we actually want to move forward with versus what is a great idea that we actually don't want to move forward on. So step one for making something happen is to make a choice to decide what it is that you would like to do. And this doesn't have to be a big thing. Making something happen can be you notice that a handle on one of your cupboards is loose and you have the idea, the thought, I'd like that handle to be tightened again. (laughs) That may be an idea that crosses your mind that you think about, you notice something. And then the next time you go to open that cabinet, you notice it again and you think about it again. And... You know, at some point, like, how does that actually turn into making it happen, tightening that thing? It could be a five-second or a five-minute project where you go get the screwdriver right then and you tighten it. But sometimes we don't, right? Sometimes we have ideas that are small, little things like that that we don't actually act on. Uh, And sometimes you have a big idea. One of my recent big ideas, maybe it's not a huge big idea, but it's a medium-sized big idea that I'm going to share today uh, throughout these steps is our family's little free library. It's something that I've mentioned on the show a little bit, and I'm going to share a little bit more about it on Instagram in the next few days. But we, I've had this idea for a while that I wanted to have a little free library in my own yard. So that's the idea. The thought crosses my head. I would love to have a little free library as we've gone around the neighborhood and we've, you know, picked up books from other little free libraries around and seen how much fun it is and what kind of a community feeling there is there, the thought crosses my mind, I'd like to have a little free library. So choosing something is the first step. It doesn't matter what. It doesn't have to be big or small. It can be any size. And there isn't a wrong choice or right choice. It just is what you want. Now, I'm going to refer you to a couple episodes that I have. One of the episodes that I have, uh, the, you know, each of these steps probably could have a whole episode dedicated to them. But one of them is how to become a better decision maker. I'll put the episode number and link it in the show notes. That's something if you're like, gosh, I'm really stuck on number one, you may want to listen to that episode. The other episode about this that I have is there are lots of right choices. Sometimes the problem we have when making decisions is thinking that one is right and one is wrong. Or if we have five decisions or five options, we think one is the the perfect choice, like the very best, and then everything else kind of falls in hierarch- hierarchical order. Is that a word? Hierarchical? Try to say that a few times fast. That is not always the case. You know, sometimes in some scenarios, there is a right and wrong choice morally or ethically you know, a lot of times, I guess, there are right and wrong choices morally or ethically. But if we're talking about just options, there can be lots of great options. And the outcomes might be a little different, but maybe all of the outcomes are still good. So don't get caught in thinking that you have to make the correct choice about what to make happen. You can just make a choice that you like that sounds fun. Ask yourself the question, which option seems the most fun? Which option do I not want to do? You know, sometimes that's helpful. So the first step, though, to make something happen is to make a choice. And I promise you that if you don't make a choice, you will not make something happen. (laughs) That is essential. So the next thing that I noticed that I've done 
when I make that decision, I make a choice and I'm like, okay, I want to do this thing. I often like to write it down and also create a timeline for it. So writing it down helps me get specific about what exactly I want to do. And also when I give myself a timeline, it helps me flesh out sort of the boundaries because you could have an idea that you decide you want to do, but if you never give it any sort of boundary, then it's just, it might be the dream that you carry with you throughout your whole life, right? And and that's okay. You can have dreams that you don't ever actually move forward with, but if you want to make something happen, it is also essential that you create some sort of timeline, Keep in mind, this is a personal timeline. It's an arbitrary deadline. I'll link my episode all about arbitrary deadlines in the show notes. Now, this is something that you are giving yourself as a motivating factor, as a logistical factor. Creating this timeline helps you move forward on the goal. It creates a boundary within which you know how to operate. Otherwise, you're left with just sort of this open-ended, I don't know when that's going to happen because I don't really have any sort of idea about when I would like it to happen or what is realistic. If you remember that this is your timeline, you have given yourself this deadline, I like to try it on, like make a choice, again, go back to number one and make a choice about the timeline. So the idea, I'm going to use the example of the Little Free Library. Little Free Library. I thought about it for a long time and then it was an idea for a long time. It's not until I actually create a timeline, like move into step two, that it becomes something that I actually think about as on my radar. Like I I have lots of ideas floating around all the time and some of them I think about and think, yeah, I'm not going to do that yet. Like it's up there. But it's, it's as soon as I choose it. It's like I pull it out of the options in my head and I write it down and I say, I'm going to work on this next in this allotted time frame that's when it starts to move into action I like to try on a time frame make a decision about a time frame and try on how it feels so with the little free library I decided that I wanted to move on that project in December around the holidays and I set when I was was ready to start working on it I set myself the timeline of having it done by the end of February, which is right now. And I'm happy to report that because I set myself that time frame, that deadline, I, I, I pushed myself to actually get it done within my time frame. Now, there was a couple bad weather weeks and I could have adjusted it easily and said, oh, I'm not, I'm going to finish this, you know, the middle of March or March 15th or something. But rather than just taking the deadline off, I like to manipulate it so I can move it up or I can move it back. But until I make the thing happen, I'm not going to remove the deadline completely. Now, I decided to do the Little Free Library in December. That's when I decided, yes, I am going to do this for sure in the next little while. And I probably thought maybe I could do it this month and then realize, oh, we have the holidays, we might be road tripping, it's going to be really cold, it's probably going to involve some painting and and woodworking and all of that requires a little bit better weather, so it's not going to work. So trying on the like, does January feel like the right month? No, probably not. I'm going to need to push it back a little bit. I'll give myself 
till the end of February and that felt more realistic. So just play around with your own timeline until it feels good. And like trust your gut on that until it feels good, knowing that you can adjust your timeline as you need. So it's also helpful. Now, maybe the order needs to be a little bit reversed for some of you on these, but this is the way that I think about it. I give myself a timeline and I also then, number three, like to consider, okay, what do I want the end product to be? In the case of tightening the cupboard handle, I want the cupboard handle to be tight. That's the end product. So if I go get the screwdriver and I go tighten the handle, then I know I've completed it. The reason that I give myself a visual sort of written down idea of what the end result is that I'm looking for is so that I know when I'm done. Have you ever had a project that you just keep working on and keep working on? Like maybe it's decorating a room and it's just sort of like the never-ending project. You haven't defined anything about what the finish line is and so you don't know when you've reached it. For making stuff happen, I like to know when it has happened, like when it is complete. And I will say there are lots of things in our lives, lots of projects and lots of relationships and lots of opportunities that do not have a finish line. They simply don't have a result. They are ongoing. They're processes. I like to, you know, of course, acknowledge those things. But if there's something that I can get done and like check it off and be done with it, I want to know that. I don't want the Little Free Library to be a project that I work on for six years. I want it to be something that I do and then it's done and I'm happy that I did it and then I move on to the next thing. So number three is to define for yourself what is the end goal or the end result? When will you be satisfied? And, you know, maybe sometimes writing this down will clue you into whether or not you're being being realistic. Maybe if you write down what you think you'll be satisfied with, you recognize that it is not realistic. It's not attainable. It's, you know, that maybe you're working more with a process type thing than a finished product type thing. You'll know. So just define what the end product is that you're looking for. Then we'll move into step four, which is one of the most important steps. This is breaking down that end result into sections. A lot of times a project will have natural sections, natural breaking points. For example, in a recipe, it will have, you know, add all of these things together and mix. And then there's sort of like a breather. And then next you add all of these things together and mix. And then next you combine those two. And there's sort of these like one section, two sections, three sections. Most projects have a natural breaking point. Some things, again, let's go back to tightening that dang handle that's probably like a tops two-step process that's something that you could write maybe even just the it could be a one one item on the to-do list something like build a little free library is one item on the to-do list that can be broken down into probably 30 to 40 steps let me tell you about some of the natural breaking points though so that you can get an idea of how to do this for your own project. So for the Little Free Library, one step was to buy a cabinet. I wanted to, I didn't want to build it completely from scratch. I wanted to build mine using an existing kitchen cabinet with glass front doors. This was the idea that I had. So I 
spent some time looking on Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace to find a used kitchen cabinet with glass front doors that was solid wood that I could use for the base of my little free library. So find and buy cabinet. That's like one sort of breaking point. And we did that back in December. And then it was just sat in our kitchen for a long time because we had the holidays and we went out of town and stuff. So that's sort of a breaking point. The next breaking point that I had for my project was to build a roof type structure. And so I had that next. And of course, that got broken down into smaller steps. But build the roof was second. And then sand and paint was next. And then install into the ground. So I had kind of these four big categories of each one of those had its own stopping point. It was harder to stop. For example, when I was in the middle of painting and the cabinet was like all taken apart and all over my kitchen counter and table for painting. So that was like something I wanted to get done in a section. So think about how your project naturally breaks down into steps. Okay, so sections, steps, backpedal from the deadline or the date you've given yourself for completion and be realistic. Again, you know your life. You know what your schedule's like. You know how much energy and time and investment you have to devote to whatever it is that you want to make happen. So align your steps and your deadline and the breakdown of the project with your own schedule and with your life and what with what's realistic for you. That's number four. Break it down into steps. Now, number five, you're going to love this. Number five is break your steps down into micro steps. (laughs) Now, one of the reasons, one of the main reasons I think that people don't accomplish the things they want to accomplish or they don't actually make happen the things that they in their head like to do is that they get overwhelmed before they begin or they get started and then get overwhelmed when they're partway through because it all just feels like a lot just feels like a lot and so then they just stop last month I was reading a great book by Patrick King called the science of getting started and one of the principles that he shared this is a book all about how to navigate procrastination or lack of motivation one of the things that he shared was this idea of make your step so small that it's nearly impossible to not accomplish it So if you're overwhelmed by the next step of whatever your process is, you haven't broken it down enough. You need to break it down further, break it down further, break it down further until it's nearly impossible. It almost feels harder to not do it than to do it. This is a a tool that I use all the time in efficiency and in product, you know, just having a productive life, making sure that I am giving myself the tiniest bites so that I can actually accomplish them. And Patrick King also suggests something that he calls no zero days. The basic rundown of this really fascinating idea is that you think of your days as a binary. A one is a day that you do something related to the project and a zero is a day that you don't do anything related to the project. Now it does not matter how small the something is that you do. Something is anything related to moving the project forward. And if you operate with the idea of no zero days, then that means that every day you're doing a tiny little something to move it forward. That is a really helpful idea. I used this in the middle process of the Little Free Library when my days looked like go to the store and get a size 10 screw. The next day was take the sandpaper out of the drawer in the shed and put it in the kitchen. So then I had the sandpaper in the kitchen. The next day was take the 
knobs off of the cabinet in preparation for sanding. It's like the tiniest little things. I could I could do each one of these tasks in about 60 to 120 seconds. And I was moving the project forward in these teeny increments that all were helping get to the end product, even though it wasn't like the day that I painted that I actually probably spent three hours on the project that I had set aside and scheduled into my schedule. Moving the project forward in tiny increments helps you just stay in it and not forget about it and not have it move to the side or go to the back burner. It helps you be involved enough, hands-on enough that you are engaged in and interested and that things are actually happening. So that's number five. Break your steps down into micro steps. So once you've got it broken down into the smallest possible steps, number six is to start before you're ready. And that's good advice in some scenarios. I know I can think of there's situations in which you don't want to start before you're ready, but the purpose of that idea in this show, today's episode, is to remind you of the very important truth that motivation does not come before action. Motivation often comes as a result of action. As soon as you get the ball rolling, it will continue to roll with so much more ease than all of that sort of the initial energy that you need to get started, the activation energy. Motivation comes through doing. Confidence also comes through doing. So you've chosen something, you've given yourself a timeline, you have an, a clear idea, a clear depiction of the end goal, you've broken it down and then broken it down further. Now you just need to do those little steps and move. That movement is what creates the energy that then builds enthusiasm and makes it fun and, and makes it exciting. There are some projects that you'll get really excited about as you're thinking about them, forgetting that almost everything that you want to do is going to involve some level of hands-on work or actual physical labor or emotional energy. We, you know, work is is work, even if it's fun, even if it's enjoyable, even if it's, if it's something that you really are excited about. You can't get around actually doing the work. It's a bonus if you really love the work involved in every part of the process. But in most projects, there will be pieces that you don't just love and that you need to do in order to get to that finish line. I like to think about when I was writing my book, More Than Enough, I remember having heard anecdotes from other writers and people writing books about how hard the process is and how really in order to write a book all you have to do is sit down at the computer and start writing like you need to write the words that is the way that you get a book is by writing one word and then another word and then those words form sentences those sentences form paragraphs and they form chapters and they form sections and you know then you have a book we often want everything to be so sexy so exciting that we forget about the actual doing things the actual work, which is can be fun, it can be engaging, it can be delightful, and it still is work, it still is effort. I have a hard time predicting exactly how much effort is involved with the projects that I like to take on. 
I'm guilty of both sides. Sometimes I have built something up in my head to be so much work and so hard and so overwhelming. And I follow these steps and realize that, gosh, all I needed to do was get started and it was actually pretty quick and pretty easy. I've also had ideas that I think, oh gosh, that's gonna be so quick and easy. And I break it down and I start doing the steps and realize it is pretty complicated and actually kind of strenuous and takes a lot more time and involvement and energy than I imagined it would. Either way, the only way to get to the result is through doing the process. Either way, whether it's harder or easier than you imagined, you're not going to know until you are doing. And some days you might not feel like doing the work and what keeps you going is really feeling like having the result, knowing that you're committed to that idea and to the end product and to the timeline and that you're excited about moving through sort of the grunt to get to the the finish line. And sometimes the finish line isn't as exciting as knowing that you really love the process and you want the steps. An example of each of these for me would be, I would say the Little Free Library was much more of a doing the steps. You know, I don't mind painting and I like sanding and I like the actual building part of DIY projects okay but I really loved the idea of having the little free library in front of my house so cute and a community meeting place and so I did the work in order to get to the result oftentimes with sewing projects for me I'm not as interested in the result I'm excited about it okay like eh, I'm making myself a dress and I'm gonna like the dress but mostly what I enjoy is the process of getting to the dress but I it would be hard and sort of odd to just sew nothing. So, you know, you have to have the result in order to do the process. And sometimes you have to have the process in order to get to the result. Either way, they support each other. And you can enjoy, you could enjoy it or not. I mean, that's up to you. Regardless, this is the way that I make things happen. I'm going to go back through my steps. And hopefully this episode has given you some ideas of just sort of the basics. I mean, it's not rocket science. But sometimes it's helpful to hear how other people work through some of their projects. So number one for me is to choose something. It doesn't matter what. Choose something that sounds fun, sounds interesting to you. Number two is to give yourself some sort of a realistic timeline to work within. That boundary is really helpful. Then you start with the end goal or the end product. Be really clear about what that is and work backwards to break it down into steps or sections. Number five is to break your sections down into micro steps, so tiny that you can't help but stumble through them and get them done. And I also referenced no zero days. So do something every day along the process. And then number six is to start before you're ready. Don't wait for motivation. Don't wait to be inspired to dig in. Dig in and you will feel inspired. Now you all know that I love my golden coil planner that I use for scheduling my life and appointments and dreaming and taking notes and all of the things that I use it for. I write my to-do list items in my weekly page. I have a to-do list for home or household and I also have a to-do list for my work projects. The micro steps is what I'm writing down on my weekly to-do list and then I'm moving those into the days. So for example, I might brainstorm my project on a note page and give myself a timeline that I'll write like my end result into my monthly calendar. I'm going to have the Little Free Library done by the end of February. Then in each week 
of February, I'll write down those bigger sections that I want to get done and break those down into the micro steps in a to-do list format. And then I'll move the micro steps into the days so I know what to do which day. An example is that one week may be my sanding and painting week. So I'll have sand and paint little free library and then below it I'm going to have my micro steps. Get sandpaper from the shed, get the sander from the shed, take off the knobs, put blue tape, painter's tape around all of the windows, remove the cabinet doors. These are each individual steps that I'm gonna write down. It might seem like overkill, but this is how I am able to think about it concretely enough to actually move forward. If I just have sand and paint little free library, it's very likely that I could get through the whole week and not actually have done anything related to that because it feels like kind of a big, a little bit nebulous idea when I break it down into the actual logistical steps that I will need to take in order to make that bigger section happen, I can go get the sandpaper from the shed. I can go get the sander from the shed. I can take the knobs off. These are things that are like, oh yeah, I'll do that. It'll take just a minute or two. And then on the weekend, maybe on Saturday, I've gotten all of my little prep steps ready. And then on Saturday, I'll set aside two hours to physically sand with the sander and then you know wipe it off and then do my painting but because I've done all of my prep steps before I'm ready to actually move forward in that bigger chunk that needs a little bit more time in a meaningful way rather than landing on Saturday and thinking gosh I have to do everything today and having it take way longer or feel overwhelming and so then I put it off so hopefully that is helpful to give you just an idea of the the logistics of it Another thing that I've been doing lately, not only writing down in my golden quail on the side, but I've also been using my phone notes app. And I think because I have been maybe outside on walks when I'm having ideas lately. And so I'll write down in my notes app some of the things that I want to do or project ideas or even breakdown ideas and then follow through on it on my phone as well as checking it off in my golden coil. And I know for some of you who don't use a paper planner, you probably have some sort of to-do list app or something that you use. Actually writing down the micro steps and checking them off or deleting them when I'm done keeps them top of mind for me. It really is helpful for me, maybe because I'm getting older and (laughs) it's harder to remember everything that I think I wanna be doing. It's really helpful for me to have those written down in a place that I'm looking at them multiple times a day and keeping myself on track. That's how I make things happen. As you listened today, I hope that you had some ideas about the things that you would like to make happen, big and small, and how breaking them down, giving yourself a timeline, making tiny, tiny micro steps, and then moving forward will help you feel motivated, feel enthusiastic, and actually make it happen. Get that stuff done. It's probably a good time for me to remind you that I'm not all about accomplishment. Although accomplishing things is delightful, it doesn't mean a whole lot if we aren't feeling fulfilled in our lives. And so while it's really fun to make stuff happen, it also is really fun to align the choices that we're making with the type of life that we want to live and not just doing things because we feel like we should or because someone else told us we should or because we saw someone else do things, but what do you really want? How do you wanna live? How do you wanna feel? That's what I want you to aim for. Those are the types of things that you should make happen in your life, the ones that, that feel just right for you. 
I want to thank you so much for being part of Live Free Creative, for listening to the show. If you're new here, I hope that you'll subscribe so you don't miss an episode. I have new shows coming out every single week on Thursday at 6 a.m. Eastern. If you're an old listener, thank you so much. It means a lot to me that you tune in and listen to my ramblings, my words of advice. I hope that you're feeling a little bit more free in your life to live life the way that you would like to live it. If it's been a while since you wrote a review or since you shared about the episode on social media, I want to ask you if you would please do one or both of those things. I appreciate them so much having the show get out to reach new listeners and to inspire more people to feel freedom and fulfillment in their everyday lives. I'm wishing you a wonderful week. I hope the sun shines down on you and I will chat with you again next time. Bye-bye. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.